Welcome back, everyone, to the Greg Campy Show. Now, normally we would be live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, but because of travel, you just heard the Golden Grizzlies against the Syracuse Orange, and we are in Syracuse right now recording live at the Merit. Recording live. That's that's kind of funny. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of Golden Grizzlies. He is a coach, Greg Campy. Can you record live? Well, we are alive, and we are in the moment, and we are recording, and you will listen to this. They're going to listen to this after the game? After the game, yeah. Oh, going right into it after. Uh, I'm good at sounding bad sometimes, but now I can really sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they had had enough of you before, Coach, they'd get another bonus hour of you. Yeah, I, I got a feeling, depending on how that game goes, how many people will be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, a great Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Well, listen, listen for Cam Evans because he supports us with this show. So, you know. Listen to the show just for Cam if things don't go too well Wednesday. Absolutely. And and if you do kind of want to duck out or whatever, go to www.evanslawgrp.com and support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. That that sounds cool. But, Coach, we just got done eating uh, the flight in here this evening. A lot of snow here in the Syracuse cold area. Too. It's really cold. cold. Yeah, that's, you know, we, we talk about how cold we get now and then, but it, a lot of times when we travel, we find out it's a lot colder at these places than it is where we live. And, you know, especially in the old days when we'd go to Fargo and uh, South Dakota and places like that. But even Milwaukee and Chicago, you know, we we travel in the wintertime to the cities in our league. Even Cleveland, you know, Cleveland is south of us, but it's always a lot colder, I think, because of the lake. And it's really cold here in Syracuse. Yeah, a- absolutely it is. And the snow, I guess, talking to these people, it falls like this from – December all the way up and through March. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's a snow belt. There's no question. This area is a snow belt. You know, the best story, <laughs> the best story of this trip so far is Oladapa wanting to know if we were going to get to see the Statue of Liberty. Well, you it's know, New York. I, well, right. And we, we, <laughs> you know, we went to Washington. We flew, went to Maryland, and we flew into, you know, the Baltimore, and we had to to get to the university. We we went by Washington D.C. and and, uh, you know, the players, I, I asked some questions about the White House, and I think we had only had two guys that had ever seen the White House. So we took the bus right to the White House, got out, took pictures. So that was kind of a cool thing. I liked it, the fact that, you know, they liked that. You know, I mean, that might for they me. They get into it. That might for me, that was like a 60-year-old guy wants to do that, you know. And uh, here we got these kids, and they were really into it. And so now we get on the plane today, and, Oladapa wants to know if we're going to get to see the Statue of Liberty because we're going to New York. So <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I heard you ask the bus driver. Yeah, I, I said to him, hey, can we get to the Statue of Liberty? He goes, yeah, it's an eight-hour drive, four there and four back. I go, ah, we'll, we'll skip it. Maybe next time. Maybe <laughs> next time when we come through. But uh, as always, if uh, you ever have a question, you can fire it off on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy anytime during the week. Now, I will let you know this is the, the final show because of the holiday break. Christmas falls on a Wednesday. New Year's Day falls on the following Wednesday. Day, so we'll be yeah. back out in a couple weeks. Yeah, Cam's not getting his money worth out of this now with these holidays coming up. But yeah, the schedule was quirky. But I, I tell you what, I, I'm sure you're not interested in listening, and I'm not interested on Christmas Day coming here. Plus, we'll be practicing at uh, seven o'clock Christmas night because we have the Detroit game, you know, the 28th, and you know that's probably the biggest game of the year for us. And uh, we'll talk more in the show later about that since we don't have those shows as we get closer to Detroit. We'll, you know, that's. We'll talk about, you know, how important that game is and the matchup and what's going on with that. But uh, yeah. I suppose we need to talk a little bit about Syracuse. Well, um, you know, th- because of the uh, the magic of, of radio, we don't know what happened uh, in the game as we speak right so now. So should I give, like, okay, 
we won answers and we lost answers. Yeah, give me, give me a couple we won answers <laughs> and give me a couple we lost answers. Yeah, I think we'll do that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, you know what you know what we can do though, and as, as much as you don't want to, uh, I'm sure. But we we will kind of take a look back uh, at Little Caesars Arena. What happened in the Michigan State game uh, this past weekend downtown Detroit, and it was a result, Coach. And, and you've been consistent about this in the interviews we do together. When you talk to the media in the press room after the game, uh, big time disappointment uh, all the way around for you. I mean, not just necessarily the game in a vacuum and the score of itself but in your mind I mean certainly the way the the offense was ran and maybe more than that too just just what that loss meant and maybe what it did to the brand especially locally well I've said this over and over again that that that's such a huge game for us and that that you know we're fortunate that we're in it Um, but you know we've done our part we've played great games there's a reason ESPN was there not just because I mean there's a lot of top 20 teams playing and they pick that game because we we sell that place out or this time we didn't sell it out but you know we're 18,000 people there and yeah there you know there were there were 11 to 12,000 green shirts but there were you know six to seven thousand Golden Grizzlies fans showed out again coach yeah and that's what we do and and the problem is that we didn't we as me and the basketball team, the players, we didn't do our job this time. Uh, and then that game, our job is to compete, play our tails off, have a chance to win, uh, make everybody in black feel good about the program. And it's also a, a name recognition, a brand day, a day to enhance your brand. And in, in this business, your brand is so important. And our brand took a hit Saturday. And, and I'm angry about it. I'm disappointed about it. I'm mad at myself. Uh, I'm not real happy with our seniors over it. I understand the young kids. Uh, it's the first time they'd ever been in that. But I hope our two seniors could could uh, shepherd them through it where we could compete. But the bottom line is that offensively, uh, we we could not make a shot. And I mean, we we had point blank, just point blank. We airballed a layup. You know, we just had point blank shots and we couldn't make them. And and We'll never get credit for this, Neil. And any fan that's watching this is going to say, oh, can't be, you know, you're just trying to find the, the bright spin side of it. it. Right, right. But I'm not spinning it. I'm angry. Uh, I'm mad what happened and that. But I will say if you step back from it and really look at it, it was the best defensive performance we've ever had against Michigan State. Now, you, some people could come and say, well, they, you know, they got – ahead 18 or 20 points and they just stopped playing offense or whatever. But, I mean, they only had, with six minutes, five minutes going to half, they only had 24 or five points. You know, it's just, it was similar to the Maryland game where it was we were ahead 23-22 with, uh, you know, three minutes, two minutes going to half. Well, in this game, it was 28 or nine, but we only had nine. Right. You know. And that was the difference. Uh, and, right. and you can say Michigan State's defense. And I got asked that in the press conference. Was it you or was it Michigan State's defense? And that's a no-win situation for a coach to answer that because, you know, if I say it was us, then you're dishing Michigan State, who's very good defensively. And if I, you know, if <laughs> we're scholarship players, shouldn't have nine points, you know. Uh, but we just – it started the first three, four minutes. We dominated the class. We we missed, got rebound, missed, got rebound. The, the officiating was very allowed them to play a very physical game, which hurt us. 
as soon as I saw that, I knew that was that was a bad, bad thing for us. Um, but we just could not put the ball in the basket. And it was, you know, I mean, Xavier Hill Mays has had games. He's 13 for 14, 13 for 15. He's had great games. In Set of consecutive field goals made record. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he was 5 for 20, most shots he ever got in a game. I think it may be the most shots a post player has ever gotten in a game. I don't know if there's a way to find that out or not, but afterwards, I mean, those are, you know, those are 20 shots in a game are point guard dominant numbers, you know, a guy that dominates the ball, not a post player. So we kept doing it. We kept throwing it in there, and we kept missing it. And, uh, Ladoppel missed some laps. Brad, I don't know what was going on with Brad. He just had a, he just had a disaster of a day. I felt bad for him because, you know, this was his chance, to, last chance against State, and, you know, I, I did feel bad for him, but I was also pretty pretty angry uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, pretty upset about it. And you know, did Michigan State's defense have a lot to do with it? Yes. Did the refereeing have a lot to do with it? Yes. Did we have a lot to do with it? Yes. But if you're going to credit Michigan State for holding us to that percentage, and you got to credit us for holding Michigan State to 1.01 points per possession, which is by far the best. DER defensive efficiency we've ever had in a state game. You've got to credit us for their 22% from the three. You, you know, if you're going to credit and that's them. Been a rep- and that's been a very repetitive theme. Maryland struggled to get three-point shots in the half-court set, as we, Michigan State did. We've had one bad game of three-point shooting, and that was at Northern Illinois. And, and that was that. You don't, you've been out, you're on the road. You've been on the road. You don't show up, and you get blown. I'm, I'm look, before we went on the air tonight, I saw Toledo who's 8-2, they're getting crushed by, uh, you know, I'm not, Billy Donovan is a close friend of mine, he's a head coach at UMKC, but he took over a bad situation. And he's a good coach, but the talent level between Toledo and UMKC is two different worlds. But Toledo was at Detroit on Saturday, now on uh, Tuesday, is today Tuesday? On Tuesday they're out in Kansas City. And the travel wear on young kids. And obviously for UMKC to crush Toledo. And Toledo, the last I looked before I came up here, it was a 20-point game, and Toledo was shooting 18% from the three. And I think they were leading the country in three-point shooting. So you're going to have a game like that. Northern Illinois made everything. You're going to have some games like that. And they were good shooters that weren't shooting well, that were due. And, Coach, you know this. You've been around this a long time. I've been around it a third of the time you have, and I've come to realize – when you have shooters that are good, when they usually begin to get right, where do they get right at? They get right at home. I mean, right. that's just the way it always works Which, out. Where we've never played this year. Right. I mean, we've played well, – we opened with exhibition games in a non-D1. We've played one home game. Yeah, shooters get so, right at home. And, and we need to get home and get some shots right. But that's the only game all year that we've been hurt by the three, even Toledo at Toledo. I mean, we played Toledo and Bowling Green, two th- great three-point shooting teams, and guarded them on the road um you know so if you're going to give state credit for our so my point is a step away from that michigan state game and it makes me even angrier because that's the best we've ever guarded them and it was not a game it was never a game you know it was you can sit there you know the maryland game we walked away from that yeah as you say the horses got out of the barn and we couldn't get it back but it was for 18 a quarter 20, yeah. yeah for for a quarter and a half, half of the game, game yeah you know, I mean, with two minutes to go, was we were ahead mm-hmm. in the half, and and there was none of that at Michigan State. And to do that in Little Caesars in front of that many people on a national TV audience, I think I personally think 
the Greg Campy coaching Oakland, Michigan State, you know, brand took a hit. It really did because everybody yeah. knows that that game we play, and we didn't. Now, when, we, when Oakland plays at the Breslin, that's usually not good, but Big Ten teams lose by 20 points. Michigan State beats right. the top. You know, Michigan could lose by 20. And have. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Those teams can go to the Breslin and lose. Nobody, you know, you, you don't get judged by that. What you get judged by is you got them on a neutral floor. And even though it's not really neutral, there were a lot of Oakland people there. We had them on a floor they don't play on. We don't play on it. And there was no home court advantage. And they cooked us. Uh, I'm to this moment, Neil. I'm still angry about it, and I, well, it's disappointing. Uh, we, man. we might be talking right now, and we just beat Syracuse on national TV, but it ain't. Even if we did that, ain't gonna. I'm not gonna drive back to the hotel on the bus thinking, yeah, you know, we just yeah, look at no. I'm still gonna be. Well, because it goes back to what we talked about before, Coach, and, and I and I fight this battle out in the media every day too. Where, it, and I, and I'm guessing you 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 feel similar. You tell me if you don't is where you jump up and down to the Detroit sports fan and you say, look look at look at all that we've done here. We've been to three of the last 15 NCAA tournaments. We've gotten wins over top 10 teams. I mean, we, we've checked every single box that, that, that you can check. Two boxes it's, 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 checked. Yeah, right. Two boxes. NCAA oh, tournament win? No, no, we got an NCAA tournament Well, you, yeah, I an know NCAA, what you're saying. An NCAA second weekend. Second to, weekend. To, week, right. to me, getting to a Sweet 16 is a huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. A huge goal of mine. And then being nationally ranked. Those are the only two boxes that we haven't checked. We got 11 Power 5 wins. We've got, you know. But you're only as good as the last time they saw you. Sure. And the last time they saw us in the Detroit sports world, because they don't pay attention to, you know, there's not going to be 18,000 people in Detroit watching the game tonight, you know, the Syracuse game, even though it's on ESPNU. You know, there's going to be the Oakland fans watching it. There's going to be some casual fans watching it, and there's going to be a lot of sports fans watching it. But the brand people, they're going to be watching whatever else is on, you know. And and so we had our opportunity, and we blew it. The only way now to get it back is go to the NCAA tournament and get a win. Make some noise, yeah, right. That's the only way that we're going to flip that around until two years from now when we play them again. And that's what's upsetting to me because it's a hard job. <laughs> and and you, it's hard to build up that cachet and and it can tumble so quickly and it did saturday right and that is and certainly that is uh what is disappointing but you know as we talk about coach the the thing with sports the next game the next game rolls on and and i know it hurts but the other part of that neil is that this was supposed to be a year we were going to be you know it was all built towards we had right we had you know i i talked to team afterwards you know not there but a day afterwards and you can't have the death cloud hanging over you because, you know, last year was supposed to be the rebuilding year. And at the end, of, when we walked off the floor with that disappointing loss, we knew that, you know, if we Scott Oladapo, who had not signed it, he had committed, decommitted, recommitted, decommitted, all those things. I don't think that had happened yet. But um, we knew if we added him with everybody coming back that we, we were going to be a top 50 team. And that top 50 team could, you know, be able to compete at Little Caesars that day and maybe even more. And then when all hell broke loose, I couldn't change the schedule. You know, we've come into this year with a schedule that was made for a team 
same thing that when Kay Felder left, we had set a schedule up to, you know, get a national ranking, to have a chance, and then Felder left, and we still won the league. We still had great. We beat Washington. We beat, oh, no, that wasn't that year, but we beat Georgia that year, and, uh, you know, we beat Clemson that year, but it still wasn't. You know, it was a schedule that was made for a different team, a K Felder team. This year's schedule was made for a different team because you make the schedule a year in advance. And so now we've got 10 new guys. We haven't been home in a month. You you know, you got to be home with young kids. To, you know, they, they just, the, the road is so hard, and we just, that's all we've been on it, you know. And this this ended it tonight, and we got four home games in a row one of them really doesn't matter of course it matters you want to win but the next three i mean that's the the whole i mean we're the judgment all, yeah we're on three on those three games and and we ain't winning the league it's championship a, it's, it's a wrap yeah yeah and we're gonna have a hard time getting the home court in the tournament i mean these are three huge games for us we play our arch rival and we play the first, the best two teams in the league picked one and two all at home so the schedule is really <laughs> I there's mean, no finding your footing. There, right. There's, there's none mean, of that. It's the worst possible scenario that you could have to come home after being on the road for a month. Over the holidays, too. And then to play yeah. and not have your Grizz gang there. I mean, it is the single worst-case scenario that you could draw up for a team, a, a young team. Veteran team, it wouldn't matter. They'd do the go about their business. But we're going to play those three games without the Grizz gang, without you know all three of those games if played during the school year, would be sellout, hopping. Well, they to, to, to be fair, Coach, I, I met with the ticket people uh, Monday, you know, two days ago, the day before uh, we left here, and the, the ticket sales have been pretty brisk, and they are they are starting to run down now. My understanding was there's only three to four hundred tickets, you know, that that are remaining for that game. So, you know, if you do well, want to if you do want to get out there, make sure you get those tickets. Yeah, but if if that was during the school year, there, it would be gone. They'd be, they'd gone, be gone already. Hundred percent. We, we would be, you know, it'd be out on the internet that the game sold out and it's fourteen days away. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And then you've got the ESPN game against Wright State, and if if we don't have, you know, our biggest selling point in recruiting is our is the Grizz gang and the home court and right. the atmosphere and that. And if it's not there on ESPN, it's another hit our brand will take. So, I mean, this is just the single worst case scenario that, you know, when, when all this unfolded in April and, we, you know, you're not in a situation that you can recruit and, and make up for it. You're not in a situation that you can change your non-league schedule. And then the league schedule comes out and it's like, oh, hey, it's great. You guys got three games to start at home. That's perfect for a young team. No, that's not perfect. They're the three defining that, home games. You've right. got your arch rival that anything can happen, and then you got the two best teams in the league that you need. You need, and we we go into that having only played one Division One home game. It'll be two with Fairfield. Um, you know, it's it's a tough, tough scenario, and. Uh, it couldn't be any tougher, and we'll see how we handle it. All right, Coach, we'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll get into that rivalry discussion with uh, that school down the road coming in on December 28th. So we'll 
get into that a little bit more, another Metro Series rivalry matchup, something that Oakland has been in control of uh, ever since the thing has started. And remember, we'll get to your questions with the hashtag AskCampy, all that and more. I have a college football question for you, Coach. I know you like talking college football. We'll get to that a little bit I later saw, as well. I saw somebody want to know if we were going to have this because they wanted a question answered. So that, I know one person's listening because he, he wanted to some, – I can't remember what the question was. but ah, Well, we'll get to it. I saw, I saw it tweeted. Tweet, tweeted at me <laughs> at you maybe or at at somewhere it was tweeted absolutely well we'll get to all that and more you're listening to the greg campy show brought to you by the evans law group welcome back to the greg campy show brought to you by the evans law group we're recording in syracuse you just heard the golden grizzlies and the syracuse orange my name is neil rule the voice of the golden grizzlies he is a coach greg campy and Coach, wanted to get into this uh, Metro Series rivalry that's coming up December 28th at the Arena. The tickets are moving briskly. Uh, I'm told there's a couple hundred left, so if you do want to make your way out to the Arena, make sure you scoop those tickets up because it's a time, Coach. I, I think I think our fans will end up showing out, and certainly it's it's uh, to the detriment that the Grizz gang won't be able to be there because a lot of them have gone back home for the holidays. But well, the, but the, the regular fan has time yeah. on their hands now too. Yeah, I mean, that, that's – but. Unless they're local, the students. Right. We had a great student section at Michigan State, and that was the last day of school. So they did it, but they're going to have to come back and then go back home. So it's it's you know I I, I kind of Mr. Negative right now. It sounds like, <laughs> but uh, it might be because Syracuse just kicked our tail. And if if we beat Syracuse, then it's uh, I'm Mr. Positive and I'm happy and you know, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I know one thing that, that you have to be positive about, and that's been the results uh, against Detroit in the Metro Series Rivalry Cup. This is, a, this is a series not only from the basketball perspective, but overall, ever since this thing started, the, Oakland's been in control of this. Yeah, but, you know, those things are born They're to fleeting, change. They're right? fleeting, right. They, 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 you know, you could say the same thing, that ever since we played Michigan State on neutral court, we've been there and had a chance to win every one of those games, and we had no chance to win this last one. So that, that – that was fleeting and it changed quickly and the the metro series can too we you know we've got to be like we've got to go about it like ohio state goes about in football against michigan i mean and, and we kind of do that i mean it's you know i uh tonight it, when we got here in the hotel after we ate you know we got back to the hotel and i told okay bed checks at this time we're doing this if you're going to do this do this okay all right, everybody, I'll see you in the morning. Oh, and one more thing. It's 11 days before we play Detroit. You know, I mean, we we talk about it daily. I send a text every day. It's Tomorrow the text will say we, we play Detroit in 10 days. Do you, do, you, do, you still, do you still carry a chip on your shoulder about it? Uh, it just is about, I wouldn't say my shoulder. I'd say the chip's as big as my whole back. You know, I, I, what, what, what this whole thing started out and how it went down, I'll never forgive that. I don't care if it's different people. It's still, you know, and, uh, I mean, as long as I'm coaching at Oakland, that'll be there, and that'll be the biggest two games of the year for us. I mean, it will be. I don't, and I'm scared as hell they're going to come in here and beat us, and, and you know, I, the, 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 I remember I remember the first time we lost to I think we're, Ten and two, maybe in the Metro series. So, I say, along those I lines. say, maybe like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you you know the final score of every one of the games, don't you? But I remember the first time they beat us. Uh, I was I came back and 
that was a Saturday morning, and on Monday at practice, I still had on the stuff I wore at the game. I was in the I was in the office from five o'clock that day. In film mode until practice on Monday at ten in the morning. I never left the office. I was yeah. so angry and mad, and uh, you know that's and then the. The only time we've ever lost at the arena was the team that won the Horizon League championship, and we were, I think we were fourteen and two, or maybe thirteen and three, and and Detroit and Detroit. double digit favorites up in the teens yeah, somewhere, and, I think. And yeah, Detroit came in at two and twelve or thirteen. Bakari's first year as a coach, and Jaleel Hogan, man, just yeah, got loose. He had like fifty or something, thirty nine, and uh, I've never seen a team panic. I mean, we were really good. And with about five minutes to go in the game, our six or seven point, we'd led by five, six, seven the whole game, and Hogan just went nuts, and we couldn't stop him. And then they uh, they took the lead, and we panicked. And then down one with 50 seconds to go, our shot clock malfunctioned, and we, we lost the ball on the home court because of a shot clock malfunction. Uh, and the referees would not go to the, you know, they got scolded for that because they were supposed to go and look at it. But I begged them to go, and they wouldn't. The shot clock, Detroit scored to go ahead, and the ball rolled on the floor, and the shot clock started. The game clock didn't start, but the shot clock started. I remember that. And, like, then we picked it up and threw it in, and five seconds later, the referee blew the whistle that we had a 10-second violation because the shot clock was down to 20 when it sh- when if you looked on the game film afterwards it should have been at 24 and and uh um, they may have taken a three point lead at the time cuz i think you know we st- we actually ended up stealing the ball and getting a layup to cut it to one i think but you know we lost 20 seconds or so and, i mean you can tell that these things i don't don't forget these things. You know? Your your recollection of these things amazes me. And, and in your field, I mean, you, you're yeah. like that. It, the coaches, I mean, it, it all goes back to the movie Rounders for me, right? Like yeah. it, pro p- poker players, they don't, they don't recall a lot of the big pots they've won, but they know the greatest details about all the big pots they've lost. Yeah. Well, the worst night of my life still is the K. Felder's ball rolling around the rim and not going in in the palace. I mean, that's, I still have nightmares of that. That, that yeah. I'll never, I'll never, never get over that we had the number one team in the country beat and the ball didn't go in. And, uh, well, maybe he would have missed the free throw even if it went in. But, you know, it just, it, it, it this is a big, big series. And, you know, we, it's even bigger this year in this game at Oakland because normally we play the first game at their place. Right. And this is year it's turned around for some reason, and it's in during break, and it's not on national TV, which it should be. Our Detroit game at Oakland should be on ESPNU every time we play it because of the atmosphere. In the, in the rivalry week right. thing, too. In, in yeah. the, right, in the rivalry week. It, our, league, our league's got to, has got to, and it's easy for me to say that, but they've they've got to embrace that. It's hard for a league to embrace something because all every team wants, you know, it's supposed to all be equal and fair. But I, I don't believe it is. I believe it's you put your best foot forward, you know, in the Oakland Detroit game, especially at Oakland, 
because it's sold out every time. Every time we play them, there's a new new uh, attendance that'll record. probably change this year because the students aren't there. But you know, every time we play them at home, there's a new attendance record, and it's yeah, it just scares me because you know they they've really struggled out of the gate. But who knows who they are because they've played. All the games they've played, they've been the underdog in. They should lose, you know. Right. You know, just Does like, it scare you too? Like with an Antoine Davis, it's got to terrify you. I mean, because this is a guy that can go out and go ten for thirteen on you in the drop of a hat. I mean, they beat Wright State at home last year. He had forty-eight. Yeah. And, you know, he can go get forty-eight on anybody, and and uh, I've seen him make I've seen him make shot after shot with people laying on him, and you know, you never know if if a kid like that goes crazy. You know, you've got to have your A game. That doesn't mean we can't beat him if he has 48, but we got to have our A game, and we struggle to score, and defense is our calling card. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a fearful game for me because I don't know, you know, I don't have good tape on Detroit because, you know, they haven't played the mid-major. They, we don't know what they're going to do against, you know, mid-major level teams that – you know they they played Toledo really tough the other day at home, but Antoine didn't play. Right. What you what'd you make of that, by the way? Uh, I made a team coming home for the first. I expect when we play Fairfield Saturday, I expect us to play really well, just because right. we haven't been home. And you got to get right. You know? Yeah. And and uh, you know, so they had been gone for a long time. And I'll never forget years ago we played Centenary. And Centenary had played their – it was a home opener for them in the in a league game in January, and they had not played at home all year. They were trying to make money, so they played all these bye games. And they were terrible. They beat the living tar out of us. They made everything. They just, It was their first home game of the year. And, those, and, and we went two days later, I think we went to Oral Roberts and won there, and we'd never won at Oral Roberts. That's how good Centenary played that day. And and I thought Detroit played well and shot well. And Detroit, from what I know of them, when they shoot the ball, I mean, they beat Cal Irvine, their only win. And Cal Irvine's really good. Cal Irvine beat somebody yesterday by 20. Uh, somebody that had beaten De- Oh, they beat Kent State by 20. And Kent had beaten Detroit by 35. Right. <laughs> and... <laughs> I mean, think about that triangle. And this is some transitive properties right, right now. You think yeah. about that triangle. Detroit beats Cal Irvine for their only win, and I think by double digits. Cal Irvine beats Kent by double digits, and Kent beats Detroit by 35. So that's how weird this college basketball thing is. And so when you ask what I make of them, I'm scared of them. I mean, I really am. I think... I think they got some guys, some new guys that can shoot the ball. I mean, I watched their game against Toledo. Calipari made some tough shots with people hanging on him. Uh, the, the young kid at the point guard, you know, got to play the point without Davis. And I think that really helped them. I really do because now when Davis comes back, as a coach, Coach Davis sees, all right, I didn't trust this kid. Now I can. But now I saw him play without Antoine. And he was solid. So now I can trust that he's going to do the right things. And we can now take the ball out of Antoine's hands and run him off a thousand screens. And now he's really hard to guard. And so, yeah, I'm really concerned. I don't think Detroit's anything like their record. I think they're going to be a team that has a 
has a say in the conference. You know, their, their RPI or whatever that net is isn't very good, and their their record's not very good. But, I mean, they played the schedule that their record should be what it is. And my guess is they're going to beat Northwestern and they're going to beat uh, – uh, Northeastern and or Northeastern yeah, Southern and Illinois, Southern Edwardsville, Illinois, Edwardsville, and they're going to come in with a two-game winning streak and feeling really good about themselves, and that'll even scare me more. Then, and then they take off and go play the number two team in the country. <laughs> and then they'll get beat. Day, then they'll yeah. get beat by fifty, but they won't care because right. they'll played this great game at Oakland. So we got to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, we'll take our next break. When we come back, we'll get to the questions on Twitter. The Metro Series, don't forget, coming up on the 28th. Get your tickets because they're going pretty quick. When we come back, as we talked about your questions on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. I also have a college football question for Coach as well. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're recording here in Syracuse. You just wrapped up listening or watching, maybe if you're driving back from the Golden Grizzlies watch party up at Buffalo Wild Wings in Rochester, certainly appreciate having you. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. He is a coach, Greg Campy. Make I sure. hope they're happy if they're driving back. From that <laughs> I hope you had a few one, cold ones, some wings, Parmesan garlic, traditional. Spicy garlic. Uh, teriyaki. Teriyaki. Yeah. I hope you had some of those. Plain dipped in Southwest Ranch. I hope everybody in the bar that was there that didn't give a crap about the game stopped because you guys were so loud screaming as we scored the winning basket. And everybody's giving high fives, and you're happy, and you're in your car driving home now. Or you gotta, you, you're so happy that you're in an Uber because you couldn't drive. And uh, <laughs> and I'm on the bus on the way home thinking, how did we lose to Michigan State like that? <laughs> <laughs> which which we've talked about that pretty much pretty much the whole show <laughs> here but uh it's good to see you finally laugh coach about 40 minutes into this or uh, however far uh we are into this but uh you ready to knock down some questions here on sure, twitter sure. with the hashtag it's ask my it's, it's my favorite part of the show i know it is coach i like i like it too because it's uh we, you know, I just wind you up and let you go. Rob Brooks, who's always uh, a regular at the Greg Campy Show at RJ's Pub, which uh, we will be back there in three weeks? January 8th. January 8th. That's what it is. That's when we're back. We're back up there. We have a break, obviously, because no of the holiday. No season fries until January 8th. Ugh. Yeah, well, we, hey, you know, we did uh, We did get some pretty good gumbo at the Cheesecake Factory yes. today. Yes, we did. We, <laughs> we knocked that stuff down. Rob Brooks with the hashtag Ask Campy. Coach, when will the uh, Oakland Golden Grizzlies all-access show the first episode air? Well, we had some technical difficulties with it. It was supposed to air right before the Michigan State game. Now I think it's airing the first week of January. There still be there'll be four shows though, right. so it's the, we didn't lose one. We just we're starting a month late, and uh, our producer from all you know won all the Emmys doing it. Um, he took a new job and is Left gone. Left the region, and, yep. right? And so we had the new people. We got a late start, and uh, uh, we have a lot of good content. And I, you know, we're going to show a little bit of grease in there, and you know, so it's a good show. I've. Uh, I've not seen the final epi- the final you cut, know yeah. cut of the f- of the first episode but they've worked really hard on it and I think it's showing the first January 3rd or something like that. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Don't don't hold me to that date. I don't know. That's the time frame. That's that's I, the I amounts. don't know. So I my mind is telling me as we sit in this room in Syracuse that that was the date but I'm probably a week off or 
whatever. <laughs> OU basketball guy on Twitter says, maybe this has come up before, but my ask can't be this week is, Coach, do you have any hidden talents, maybe especially musically? Izzo plays accordion. What you got, Coach? Well, I have no musical talent. I mean, you your, know, your son got all that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we really don't know where he got it from because <laughs> his, mother, his mother didn't have any, although she had a sister that could sing. But other than that, there was – no musical talent in either side of the family that I'm aware of. It was great to see him in Toledo, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, for him to be, you know, I mean, I don't know anything about music, but they tell me he's really good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess if you go to Berkeley and you graduate with honors and that there, you probably are good. So uh, he's doing pretty well out in California. Yes. He's making a little money and he's had some couple pretty cool gigs. But anyways, um, they, you know, my life has been in sports. Uh, the only thing away from sports that I might have been fairly talented at is I was a practicing magician, um, probably from age 22 to age 32. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I actually, had never heard this story. Yeah, I actually went to school, to a magician school. I took lessons, went to a school. Uh, I did a lot of lot of parties, a lot of a lot of table magic, a lot of close up magic. Uh, I could saw you in half kneel. I could do things like that. Uh, there's a lot of players I've had that I'd like to saw in half, but uh, um, and maybe keep half of them. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah. But w what happened is, I got in demand with birthday parties and that, and I was an assistant coach at the University of Toledo, and. Uh, you know, a big fan base there, and I was going doing birthday parties for all the you know the big shot donors and I didn't want to charge them. I wasn't making that much money and it's expensive to do. A, I mean, it's a lot of equipment and it, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, the, the, the illusions are many, many of the illusions are in the package, you know, the, the, yeah. the, you know, the, I don't want to give any of the secrets away, but to be a magician, you have to be really good at, about six things and once you get practice that and you I mean I I can make I can do a lot of things with cards that are pretty amazing and I can make stuff disappear and that but it's all pretty much moves and things that you do and it's very difficult it takes a lot of practice so there's like um, a, a core skill set you're saying yeah so you have this core skill set and then once you're at it, then it's the trick, not trick. No magician says trick. Dogs do tricks. Musician, uh, magicians do illusions. But the great mu uh, magicians are the ones that design and, and um, create or invent their illusions. Right. And it's, and it's usually in the apparatus or the material or whatever you're doing. I mean, I, I, I could, the, the best my end act in my in my shows, my end act was I would have somebody come up and take a card and sign the card. And through all kinds of stuff, at the end of it, there would be somebody sitting out in the audience that would have a suit coat on, and I would have them come up, and I would pull a sealed envelope out of their suit coat Oh, and, wow. And yeah. that card that they signed was in that sealed envelope. If I told you how that was done, you would, oh, are you kidding me? It's that simple. But 
it's the tr- it's the movement of the hand it's the right. being able to take a card out of the deck without you seeing it being able to the put, sleight of hand right, right. being able to to you know cre- and it's not up your sleeve or anything like that i mean there are illusions where people have stuff up their sleeves and things and again it's people design and create every, the i'm so far removed now 30 years later that i'm sure all the things that i could do are you know like a the underhand free throw in basketball 30 years later you know i'm sure that it's but that was i was pretty good at that that was you know i enjoyed that it was a lot of fun but it just got so expensive and i wasn't going to charge people and i didn't make enough money in those days to keep it going and and honestly i became the head coach at oakland university and i didn't think going around with a clown's nose on your face or something like that was probably something i should be doing (laughs) 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 more questions with the next day this was this was my favorite segment this this last three minutes was my favorite three minutes in the history of the show we've been doing this what four years five years together Mm -hmm. that was my favorite three to four minutes of all time it's never going to get better than that clowns nose no no, just that that whole that whole segment right there i'm gonna have to clip that and and keep that one (laughs) a couple more here before we cut out uh for another break uh, let me see here, Coach. Uh, Brian Welch Jr. on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. Will we see more CJ at the point going forward, or will Kevin Kangu still be the main point guard? Well, you'll have watched the game, so you'll have known that uh, Kevin Kangu's not going to start tonight. Uh, but you already knew that because the game's over. And uh, we have a problem at the point. And I got to get it solved before the 28th of December. And I don't know what to do. And uh, I'm begging for someone to step forward and take it. And take it, right. Yes. The problem for me after 42 years in this business is practice matters. And a day ago, C.J. Gettlefinger was going to start at the point, and I was going to give him. I went into the Syracuse game thinking it's all zone. You know, you you run an offense against the zone. There are some set things you do, some quick hitters, but it's not like our regular offense. And so this is the perfect time to let him go because there's not going to be a lot of ball pressure. Nobody's going to be guarding him up the floor. He's going to dribble it up and face his own. He doesn't have to handle pressure. So this is the perfect time. He had, he had some really, really bad practices the last couple of days, and uh, he's not going to start. And I'm going to start Trey Maddox at the point in, in this game, and I'm going to do that for the, all the reasons we just said. But the reality of it is that ain't the answer. But I'm going by practice, and I'm going to play the guys, the five best players that practiced. And we had a game tonight. And right. we have a game, and so I'm going to play you those five guys because I can't, I can't waver from that because players are smart and if I waver from that they're then I can't hold them accountable I can't you know well he did this and he did you know this mentality today of you know I'm in ninth grade and I do something wrong and mom and dad come in with me to see the principal and instead of saying you know what damn it son don't do that they all say well, Joey did this, and he and you didn't punish him. You know, I deal with that with my twelve and ten year old yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just the mentality of today. I'm not from that mentality, but I don't want to create it. And my answer is, 
You didn't practice. You know, I told that young man three times in today's practice something. And the third time it didn't get done. That's it. You know what? Turn your shirt from black to gray and you may not even play tomorrow. You know, it's not rocket science. It's simple things that you, if you can't get that done here, how are you going to get it done in the game? I think it's one of the best yeah. defenses historically I, in, in college basketball. Practice matters. It matters. If it doesn't, you're not. You know, our teams historically get better. Our teams, you know our February record. Sure, we've not done well in, in a postseason tournament since we've been in the horizon. But the statistics show over the years that our teams get better. And I'm proud of that. And I believe it's because practice matters. And so, you know, I, I don't know. As we talk right now, I have no idea how many minutes CJ played. But I know he ain't going to be the first sub. I know he's not starting. And I know he's not going to be the first sub. And I know he's not going to be the second sub. So you do the math. And so my guess is he didn't play very many minutes. Now, we get home on Thursday and we play Saturday and we practice again. And if he can figure it out in practice, he's going to get the opportunities. And if Newsom figures it out in practice, he's he'll get that. the opportunities. I'm sure people say, well, why don't you give Newsom the opportunity? Because he hasn't done it in practice either. Kangoo's been our best practice player. Now, we've gone 11 games, and he ain't getting it done in the games at the level I want it done. Part of that is he's never been there. He's got to have the reps, and he got the reps. It's still not where I want it. So we're going to look some other things. And then the, the other piece of this is that uh, Madison Monroe's back. Madison got injured the day before the Northern Illinois game, and he was moving into the starting lineup. Madison, in practice, was going to start the Northern Illinois game. And guess what? He got hurt the last practice before the game. Well, he's back. I wasn't going to start him, but after what happened today in practice, all of a sudden he's out there kicking people's tails and having the best pra- He had maybe his best practice of the year, and guess what? I'm going to reward that because I want everybody to have their best practice. That was a long answer. <laughs> all right, real quickly, Coach, we'll, we'll get to this one real quick. Uh, MD Fun 89 who always comes out to the uh, show as well at He RJ's. does. He does. Yeah. You're going to have to point him out to me. Yeah, I will for sure. Uh, if Saturday's a home game, why do we have to uh, you have the Spartan band and their cheer team come out and all those types of stuff? Well, let me say this first. I don't like that because it is our home game. But I want that home game to continue. We got a six-year contract, and I want it to be six more after this. And we're the beggars, right? We're getting Michigan State. They don't do this with anybody else. So we're going to placate it all we can. Now, they had to buy the seats for that band. <laughs> we didn't have to buy the seats for our there's band. There's a lot of people in that band. And there were a lot of people in that band, and those were premium seats, so there was money to be made, <laughs> and we made it. But this is a showcase game. The thing on the floor said Detroit showcasing. So we thought it's important. Michigan State wants their band there. We want Michigan State there. Yeah, you can bring your band. You know, I, I didn't mean, understand like the obsession I mean, there was well, a lot I, of questions, you know. I, yeah, I didn't. About it. I didn't personally like it either because, but it's Michigan State. We're we're. Do you people understand how hard that is to get them to come do this, and they do it for Oakland, and they've this is twelve years they're going to do this. We had a six-year contract because they, they, and we have they, another six-year contract. They very easy can cash the check. 
they and do go whatever get a, they want. And go get a bye game. That they, you, they can do whatever yeah. they want. Michigan State's Michigan State. They are the gold standard of basketball in the state of Michigan. They are a blue blood in the country. No other team has been to the Final Four in the last 20 years eight times. It's Michigan State, and they're playing Oakland. And we get them every year, and we get them where we're the home team. Yeah, they can bring their band. They can bring their cheerleaders. If they had a dog mascot, I'd let the dog come. I'd bring Rookie, and they could sit at half court. I'd let them do whatever the hell they want to do because they're playing us. Vacuum the bus, right, Coach? Yeah, I'll drive the bus to to, uh, to Lansing and drive their pep band to the game if that's going to get us and all the Oakland fans to be able to go. Now, we embarrassed ourselves, but there were 18,000 people there. It was a hell of a venue, hell of a day. And they all paid to be there. And they did pay to be there. And <laughs> they, right. It's five bucks or ten bucks to get into the arena, and it wasn't ten dollars. <laughs> I bought I bought some tickets, and they were two hundred and fifty bucks a piece. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, coach. We we'll take our final break. Come back. I got a little college football question to ride out for the last six minutes or show or so of the show. So we'll get to that as we wrap things up. This is the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Welcome back to the final segment of the Greg Campy Show, really of of the year, I guess. It'll be a new year the next time we talk to you here on the Greg Campy Show. My name is Neil Rule. He's a coach, Greg Campy. And, Coach, because it's the holiday season, that that means one thing to me uh, as well, other than the the Christmas and the New Year's parties and stuff like that. It's college football. I am a big bowl fan. I love the bowl games because there's always one on. Yeah, Yeah, a couple of days before. Christmas all the way through up until you know the the final championship playoff game, right. but th- there has been a, with with the advent of the college football playoff and pairing it down to four teams, and I, I think I have a feel for where you'll probably go with this, you know, and and we'll, we'll have that discussion at another time, you know, is the playoff the right thing and all that kind of stuff, but there's been a, a I mean, I guess it depends on your perspective, a concerning byproduct of that, especially with teams that don't make the college football playoff and you're going to see this a lot across college football where teams that are not in that playoff they're high profile guys that are going to go in the nfl draft they're sitting out and they're not playing and and they're protecting an investment in their minds i mean what, what what's your take as a coach my take as a coach would be a lot different than my take as a player um jake butt is the perfect example yep the michigan tight end that blew his acl in a bowl game Cost him a million dollars. And if that's what he, you know you are, if you're a guy that's going to play in the NFL, if you're a guy that's going to make money, one more game that you could get injured in, and the chances of you getting injured are not high, but it happens. But it is a chance. And it happened to Jake Budd, and that's what everybody's you know, talking about. He went from a – well, the Lions might have taken him in the first round, but most tight ends don't go in the first round. But – he uh, he went from a you know a second round pick. To, I can't remember if he went in the fifth or sixth round. It yeah, cost, it was later on. It cost him a million dollars. Oh yeah, least. probably more. Yeah. yeah, and and everybody sees that. And you know, I my dad played on the '47 national champion football team at the University of Michigan. My dad was a big Michigan guy. He was a high school football coach. I grew up. Every Saturday, I was in uh, the big house, uh, Michigan Stadium, it was called back then. I was there before Bo Schembechler showed up, and I was there when you could walk in on a Saturday, 
at the game and sit in the end zone and then at the end of the first quarter we'd go under the press box and then at the end of the second at halftime we'd go to the other end zone we'd just walk around sit different places there'd be 30,000 people in the place it was Michigan football that's what I grew up on the only thing that mattered was the Rose Bowl my dad won the national championship in the Rose Bowl they beat Southern Cal 49 to nothing that was cemented into my head from the day I could talk first word I ever said was Michigan because of Bobby Ufer right my brother played football at Michigan. Uh, I went to all. I was at the Lantry game where he missed the field goal against Ohio State. I was in that stadium. The Rose Bowl, the bowl was all that was meant. So I grew up with the Rose Bowl. And as college football has changed and expanded, the Rose Bowl doesn't mean anything anymore. And it, I'm sad about that, but I understand what's going on. And if you're in the Final Four, you're playing for the championship. If you're not... Um, and you've got a future, I understand what they're doing. And I would probably, if it was my son, and he came to me and said, I don't want to play in that game, I'd probably agree with him. I, I, I would too if it were my son because what's what's the game? What's if, the game? Right, and if I'm the coach, I think I know I'm not being held accountable to win the bowl game, and it's a chance for me. Like, you know, if I'm Michigan State, I read today that uh, their quarterback's going to play in the bowl game, but if I'm 6-6 six and six and I'm Michigan State, I might play the other guy. I might get a look at this, not the Lombardi kid, but the other kid, and just see if he's good enough. Now, the dilemma as a coach on that is, do I owe, do I owe what's the quarterback's name? Lewerke. Lewerke, do I owe him? He just gave me his life. He gave me four years. I probably owe him to play him, and in the long run, my heart would be bigger than my brain, and I would play that kid. And then if we're getting beat, I would bring the other guy in and let him play. But my brain would say, play the young guy so I can find out. Do I need to recruit somebody else? Can I win next year with this guy? You know, that would be my brain. But unfortunately, or fortunately, as a coach, your heart's important too, and those kids become your family, and you you – you know, you want to treat them the best that you can treat them, and they, you don't want them to be a piece of meat that it's all about winning and losing. A bowl game's supposed to be the celebration of a successful season, and I think there are way too many bowls. I grew up in an era where there wasn't. You know, when I grew up, when I was playing, if you didn't win the Big Ten, you weren't going to a bowl game. Right. My brother's fifth-year senior was the first year that uh, they they went to the Orange Bowl. Rick Leach was a freshman quarterback, and Michigan lost to Oklahoma in in the Orange Bowl. I think ten to seven. How do I remember that? Because you're a coach. Nineteen seventy. I mean, you guys four or five or whatever. You guys. I mean, I, I guess you become a product of your environment, right? Because I'm I'm kind of gone the other way now. Where if I don't have my stuff in front of me in the format that I yeah. like it, I don't I don't relate. It, uh-huh. We're done with this Syracuse game, right? As you guys are listening to that. Uh-huh. It's out of my mind. You'll you, somebody could ask me in two days, "What do you think of Syracuse?" I'd be like, "I don't remember." Yeah, it's it, that's, yeah. but your environment is you have to remember those details. Right. You don't have a choice. Right. But so that was this first. That was the first year that you could go to a ball if you didn't. If you didn't go to the Rose Bowl, you couldn't go. And so that was '75, maybe. Leach was a freshman. My brother was a senior. They went to the Orange Bowl. I couldn't go to the game. My family did because I was playing college basketball at Bowling Green at the time. And uh, and it all changed then when you could, you know, multiple teams could go to bowls. And it's grown and grown and grown. And now you have the, um, you know, the 
wheat bowl or the, you know, Wheaties bowl or the cinnamon toast crunch bowl and all those types of things. And if you won six games, you're, you can go. And I think it's overplayed. Unless there's not enough teams, they'll pick a five and seven yeah. team with the highest APR. Yeah, so it's it's overplayed and too much. But as you said, it's there for a reason. You know, it's just like it's just like Vegas, man. You know, you know you can't beat Vegas, but you go. But you go, <laughs> right? And millions of people they go to Vegas every year, and most of them leave saying, "Yeah, I won." <laughs> Well, but they you, keep building new buildings. If, if you all won, then why is it still there? You know, I mean. <laughs> well, so. and, but a big thank you to everybody. Uh, you know, as we get ready to break for the holiday season, uh, the show the show's been incredible uh, this year. I'm sure it'll continue to be so. And uh, I just want to take a couple of minutes to say thank you for everybody that listens, everybody that comes out as well. And I know I speak for Coach when I say I hope that everybody has a great holiday season. And uh, we'll still be working, Coach. Feliz Navidad. Is that how it's said? I, I believe I believe that's correct. And we'll hey, we'll break it on that. <laughs> he is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening to the Greg Campy Show. Have a great holiday season, everybody. Well, see you later.